may obtain mercy, find grace to help in our time of need. And we thank you, Lord, because we need you all the time. Thank you, Lord, for making us aware of that. That is a blessing to know what we need and know that you are available to us. And we honor you for that, Lord. Open up our eyes and our ears. Open our hearts that we might hide your word there and endeavor to obey your word in everything. We thank you for the opportunity to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> praise God. So we'll we'll continue speaking about what we uh, started yesterday on co- obeying the command of faith. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't want you to get you too much in the weeds yesterday and uh, maybe if you got stuck somewhere we can lead you out today god always <laughs> god always completes a job that he starts so we talked about how it's so important for us to recognize the voice of god and be willing and ready to obey it immediately amen to obey him immediately we talked about how common it is to miss the voice of god initially But the blessing is that after a season or even after a while, God will reveal to you that was that that was him speaking to you. Amen. Sinners don't have that. See, they grope in darkness and there's no guarantee that they come out into the light. The Bible says the path of the righteous is like a shining light. It grows brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Why? Because you're headed toward Christ. You have him in you and you headed toward him. So the light that you have in you is drawing you to a greater light every day. And so we should increase in our understanding of God as we continue on this journey with him. Uh, we should be more um, familiar with his voice and how to obey his voice. And just determine in your hearts that you're going to hear his voice and you're not going to miss him you're not going to harden your heart when you hear his voice because that's kind of like the worst thing you can do even if you have to swallow real hard when he talks to you you know what i'm saying Uh, don't don't push yourself away from don't harden yourself against it learn how to yield yourself to the voice of god because sometimes it may be a little strange to you a little foreign to you and so we we have to understand that that god wants us to uh, get every take every opportunity we can to obey him by learning his voice learning how his voice sounds we we talked about how common it is for us to have a decision to make and then later on after that whatever's revealed is revealed and we'll make the comments off and something told me to do that or i started to do it and i didn't i wish i'd done it now because it worked out to the good so basically the things that god has for us will work out good for us and we've proven that to ourselves already because the times where we've missed the voice of God or the times we've been slow about obeying him we found out that that would have been the right decision to make after the situation's over but my my thought is that if God opened that door once it's never closed see until he closes it and he's not big on closing doors on his children 
because for him to close the door would would mean he made a bad decision the first time see it would make him unrighteous and unholy he'd have to say i made a mistake by opening it to you the first time so i believe that he opens doors no man can close and those doors do stay open uh for for a long time and it will come back around again see many times we don't get the benefit of the first decision uh, get the the right fruit out of the first decision because of a certain level of immaturity that god knows we're going to display that but he opens the door anyway see just because you failed at something it doesn't mean you did wrong you know what i'm saying it just means that it didn't work out the way you thought it would or the way maybe God planned or you planned. But that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the whole process. See, a lot of times we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Amen. When just pour the dirty water off of it and keep the baby. Amen. <laughs> and so we got to learn how to humble ourselves. Get the dirty bath water out the situation. Keep the baby because the baby is your promise. And you didn't let it nurture and grow to the stature God wants it to grow to. That's all. The, the bun is still in the oven. Amen. And so we we must endeavor to understand how these kingdom principles operate because if we don't we'll spend most of our time uh frustrated and 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 angry about things that we we don't really understand see we think because it's god he's going to do something you know more uh, more challenging and more despicable than a human would do see if if i'm on a team i'm on a major league baseball team I, I'm in a batter's rotation. And unless something really drastic happens, I get my necks at bat. Humans do that. So why wouldn't God do even more for us? To give you some more at bats, to give you some more opportunities, to give you some more times. Amen. Even if you go and screw it up again. He's not going to discount you just because it didn't produce the fruit that you wanted it to produce the first time. Think about if you were a gardener, you know, and some people say, well, I have good luck with them kind of plants because they just grow. And then some people say, well, I have a green thumb. Well, I have neither. You understand what I'm saying? Let's just put it out there and see what it what it's like, what it operates like. You understand what I'm saying? I had this, uh I had a, a bulb of garlic it wasn't the whole bulb it was that little club one of clothes and it started to produce a shoot you know so it's getting a little old and i said ah, i'll put it in some dirt and see what happens you know and so i was watching it taking pictures of it oh look how fast it's growing it's growing i forgot that thing was out there now it's probably frostbitten you see what i'm saying (laughs) 
So even the things that we were so excited about when we first started working on them, God's going to do this for me. God's going to do that. There will come a dormant season where you're going to have to let that thing work and let God have control over it and wait it out and see what the end product is. And some of us have called time on some things that God is still believing us to accomplish in his kingdom. Amen. So it's not up to us to call time on a promise, a project, a job, a business, an idea, a concept. I don't care. It's not your job to call time on it. I'll say it again. You know, people don't like going out on a limb, but you got to know who's out there with you. Huh? And so it's not our job to call time on things that God has placed. He put good things in your heart. They don't just belong to you. They're not yours to say, I don't want this no more. Just kick it out. That just ain't for me. It's for some people, but it just ain't for me. That's not your job to do that. It's your job to obey the command of God. Because trust me, he's going to have you run into it again. Either in your mind, in your heart, if something's been planted in your heart once, you can't root it out of there. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, you can go away and leave it alone, but you can't root it out of there. So your best deal is to just obey God, let him nurture it, let him grow it, let him begin to get you to understand it, how things work, all of that, so that you can be successful and what he calls you to do. Now, in, in Romans chapter 9, we're going to turn there uh, uh, for a minute, chapter 10, I'm sorry, uh, verses 9 and 10. It tells you how faith works, how answers work, how things work. He says here, verse 6, but the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks like this. Don't say in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who should descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead. So people during that time, many of them had walked with Jesus when he was alive on the earth, and they didn't know exactly where he was. They didn't know exactly how this new covenant was going to work. So that's up, that's the job of the apostles. To break down revelation on the word of God. To put it to work for you. Amen. They are especially gifted to do that. Now pastors can do some of it. But but they're not called to the degree of revelation. That apostles and then prophets as well are called to. That's why they're the foundation of the church. And so the apostle Paul begins to break it down. And say don't say to yourself. See, if I need something, who's going to go up to heaven and bring Christ down? And if I need something, who's going to go down to hell and bring Christ up? Because it was common knowledge he had visited both places because of the doctrine that he left them. And so he says, but what does it say? He said, that word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. So because Christ dwells in us, we don't have to go anywhere for him to speak to us. You can stay right there where you are, 
and that word is as close to you as it will ever be. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. And that is the word that you're going to speak. So when God gives you command, when the spirit of faith gives you a command, it starts to move you from the inside. We call it the still small voice. Sometimes when you're reading the word, that word will be illuminated and you'll get a witness on the inside of you, in your spirit, in your stomach area, your innermost being. And that word will begin to move you to obey it, to speak it to sound it out, to pray it out, to put it before God. God is this you telling me to do this. Many times God will tell me, girl, you know I'm talking to you. It's like where you get the rookie-itis from all of a sudden. You know that's me. You understand? I mean, he talks to you like a friend. You know, that that shakes me up and gets me moving. I don't know what it would do for you, but that usually slaps me out of stupid or reluctance, or fake innocence. Oh, God, could that be you? Huh? He's going to say if it had dollars attached to it, you jump on it in a heartbeat. (laughs) That right, Poppy? See? (laughs) So he says here, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That's verse 8. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Same word I'm talking to you. It's the same word you feel inside of you. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or say what he says, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, in full power you shall be saved. With the heart the man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation deliverance wholeness whatever you need your mouth confesses it by faith and then you receive what it is that god has for you so this is how god will put the command of faith this is how the spirit of faith speaks in the heart of a believer it's in your mouth and in your heart because in your mouth only it can be coming from your head but you want it in your mouth and your heart, which means that if it's in your heart, it's because you meditated on it to make it real to you. Amen? Just like you meditate on anything else you want. Huh? And so once you start putting the word of faith, the word inside your heart, it will eventually shoot out of your mouth. We eventually say what we believe. Amen? And so when we we talk about the command of faith, there's an unction that kind of pushes you from the inside and will tell you what to do so that you can get the benefit of obedience to God and obedience to his word. And you'll have fewer of these missed opportunities where I I knew I should have done it. Something told me to do it. I I wish I had done it. You you understand what I'm saying? And so you'll you'll be more on time with God. You'll be more in tune with him. You'll be more, um, uh, how can I say, current in the things that he has for you. It's nice to be on time. I don't care how much you like sleeping late. It's better to be on it. It's better to be on time. Amen. And, and so when you're late, it's like, Oh man, you're embarrassed. You're ashamed. You got to lie to them one more time about your dead aunt somewhere. Family emergency. 
you know, you get a recording of a siren in the background. Say, yeah, they 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 right here right now. I I won't be in for you know. Oh, uh-huh. true. And don't nobody go out and start googling that and look for it. Put it on your phone. <laughs> We said also that faith always brings time with it. So there are some things you can can rely on and trust God for, and that is the extension of time. Because once you catch up to where he is and you catch up with your faith and with your confession of faith, then faith brings time with it. The Bible says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, So Abraham kept believing and believing and believing. Now, the first time he believed God, he missed the voice. That's how Ishmael was born. Uh, He heard God said, I'm going to give you children. But after a little discussion between him and his wife and going back and forth, they mistook the voice of God. Now, how did they mistake it? Anybody willing to dare? How they make? How they mistake the voice of God? He said, "I'm going to give you, not you gonna get." See, when you mistake the voice of when he says, I'm going to do it, for you do it, you made a major mistake. Everybody get on, we all on the same page here? How many of us have made that? That's real common to do. Because you pray and ask God for something. He said, okay, I'll do it for you. And then you run out and do it yourself. Huh? So you can call Ishmael the do-it-yourself kid promise. Nothing but trouble from day one. Amen? But does that mean that Abraham and Sarah are disqualified from? See, that's the beauty part. That's the part we don't let our minds and our hearts get over into very much is the recovery and the redo. Because the reason you didn't want to wait on God to begin with is because of time. You think you don't have enough time to wait for God to make up his mind to do whatever he's going to do so that we can have the promise he promised us so we get out here and try to help God. Then when God comes back again and says, oh, no, you're going to do this. I still got this for you. We're really been out of shape because if you were out of time with the first go around, you're really out of time now. So Abraham believed, begs God to let Ishmael be in the air anyway. So this time thing, folks, is something that people just really you have a hard time with that stuff because you always want to discount yourself out i mean even if time has elapsed 
since God promised and you felt like it was yours, even the thought of having that thing causes rejoicing in you. I don't care how many times you say you don't want it, ain't for me, that's for somebody else. Now God didn't call me to that. And somebody says, guess what? God said he's got you. Your heart leaps. See? Liars. See, that's your soul, your bitter soul lying to you. Your angry, disappointed soul lying to you. Just a thought. Now, don't go dead on me. I'll go across the street if I want dead people. Everybody holding their breath, looking around, looking at his ego, put their hand up. I don't care what y'all do. It's the truth anyway. Well, but I don't care how old you. Well, look at uh, um, uh, Naomi and Ruth. Naomi comes back. Well, don't call me Naomi. I'm bitter. Uh, he called me anything but joyful. Look at this look on my face. I'm mad. And can't none of y'all make me happy. Huh? But when that grandson was born, mm-hmm, she rejoiced, big smile on her face, became the nursemaid to the little baby. I mean, just, and she had never had grandchildren. Both her sons died before they were able to bring children for and here the daughter-in-law steps in this kid really is not related to her per se except through another marriage but she just as happy at the birth of that grandchild as so don't tell me if god comes up to you at 80 years old you know you've never been married and he said here's your husband you ain't gonna go out and buy the biggest ring you can find Huh? Keep him from slipping on a banana peel so you ain't a widow as fast as you got married. You know what I'm saying? A few precautions here and there. But. Thank you, Poppy. They, these 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 people ain't right, are they? They ain't right this day, are they? We got we gotta feed them some right pills. <laughs> My goodness. Don't give me that stuff. You don't want it no more. It's too late for that. You know, look at all the backsliders that don't go to church anymore. Bitter. Something they wanted ahead of time didn't happen for them. But you get some of them brothers and sisters low mo sick or hurting or something, they calling the saints just as fast as they can. Well, see, when I left, I didn't leave because I was mad at nobody. Shut up and quit lying. You need to repent anyway. That's why they don't call me. <laughs> but it's true. We lie to ourselves all the time. You get stuck down last street. And God wants to bring that thing around for you again, and you just too stuck to try and want like patches the hood cat. No, 
man, that sweet little dog came over to play with Patches and he to beat him all up and slapped him around and stuff. I said, how ghetto. Uh, but you be wanting to cat fight the Holy Ghost because he's trying to bless you. You know, if bitterness had stopped God from blessing, we they would never have had the first school of the prophets in Israel. Because Samuel's mother, Hannah, came to him. She said, it's in the bitterness of my soul that I've cried out. But she wept and got that bitterness out of her and promised God, if you'll give me a baby, I'll give him back to you. I just want to get rid of my bitterness. Sometimes getting what God has for you is the only way to get rid of it for good. First Kings 18. We'll just, we'll just saunter around the Bible for a bit. First Kings chapter 18. Verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, get up, go eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Amen. Now, the reason he had to say there was a sound of abundance of rain was because guess why? He was the only one who heard it. Now, sometimes you're going to be in that position. You're going to be the only one who hears what God tells you. So don't go running around telling everybody, looking for a confirmation, because the devil will bash your head in the first time you open your mouth. Huh? So, and and I'm telling you, that's the way the command of faith sometimes will come to you. You will be the only one to hear that. Huh? Some things, the only way you can know if they're God or not, you have to step out and do them and see who shows up. Does the blessing or the curse show up? Amen? That's what faith is. Faith is is the confidence to step out having nothing but the voice of God underneath you. You're just going to have to do some things. Everybody will be telling you, stay over here where it's safe. Stay over here where you grew up. Stay over here where it's comfortable. Stay over here. I don't know why you're doing all of that. That's sure enough the devil. <laughs> all of that, that's always him. He always tried to act like it's too much. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean. Praise God. So, okay, he says, tells him, I hear the sound, or there is the sound of abundance of rain. Abraham went up, he did, Ahab, I'm sorry, went up to eat and drink. He obeyed the prophet, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He cast himself down upon the earth and put his face while he prayed. That's what that means. And he said to his servant, go up now toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again, how many times? How many times? How many times? 
Y'all got your Bibles open? Well, speak. How many times did he tell me go up? Thank you. Now, come on, y'all. Stay with me here. If he told him to go look seven times and he said there was nothing there, how many, what makes you want to quit after once? Or what makes you quit after a half, a halfway obedience? You know how we stick our toe in the water and it seems too cold and we pull it back out and never go back again. Why is it that we quit so soon on what God has for us? Knowing that if God says it's there, it's there. Sometimes it takes you seven times to believe and get the fog out your head. Get all them old crazy ideas out of there. All that, what the, what the relatives told you won't ever happen for you and what you'll never become and what you ain't gonna do. You know, it takes seven times trying some stuff to get that out of you. Huh? You know, people who are successful, you know what, some, some of these success motivation people will tell you now, go ahead and fail and get that out of the way, because it's going to happen. See, that was free, and some people pay $1,000 for that course to find out what's right in the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't, it depends nothing on who does the obedience, it, it depends on who you're obeying. That's the biggest part of it. Whose voice are you obeying? If it's the voice of God, it's going to work. If not tomorrow, then the next day. If not next day, then next month. If not next month, then next year. President Trump has been bankrupt so many times and see people hold that against him, but he made it through and made his billions. If he had let the initial failure stop him, And see, we live in a country that has an economy that's not stable. It goes up and down. We've all lost money in a bad economy. Some of us lost more than that. See, you can't get mad at the guy who stuck it out and persevered, went back and looked for the seventh time and and finally saw rain. Huh? Why was it so important for the servant to see that? Why is it important for you? Yeah, you got to learn these things. See, we're all in training to hear the voice of God, to obey the command of God. So if you're being trained, he'll give you a do-over. He'll give you seven do-overs. He'll give you as many do-overs as you need to have do-overs as long as you're using faith every time you step out there. Huh? Just true. See, he wants us to succeed. If he wants us to succeed, he's got to take into account the weakness factor, which is us. So in our ability to hear and our ability to to move forward and our ability to see these things, he wants us to keep the dream alive, to keep that thing inside of you brewing. Because if there was ever life on it, there's still life on it. Why? Because we serve a God of resurrection. He bring it back to life again. You thought it was dead, but here we got life in this thing. So let's go for it. 
Second Kings chapter four. This lady received the prophet's reward. She was old. Her husband was too. I don't know how old she was, but the husband was up in age. That's what was said about the, the couple. But she had made a, a house that housed the prophet of God. See, don't look small at what you do for somebody who serves God. You understand what I'm saying? Because there are some times, you know, there are some things that, that we enjoy doing. The fact that you enjoy it doesn't negate the fact that there's biblical reward attached to it. Sometimes you don't enjoy doing things and you do them anyway. There's still biblical reward attached to it. Your faith will work goofy if you if you don't learn how to. You know what I'm saying. Get reluctance. Because that's just childish. You put away childish things when you mature. But but there are some things that that are just do people because of what they do. And this lady took care of God's prophet. And, and so she was due a prophet's reward. So she went in and, and the prophet asks her what you've been you've been so careful and mindful for us and done so much for me what is it that you need from god on in other words what she was saying is i got my own god she was a pagan woman you got me but somehow she kind of took to this man of god and she did something for him you ever have people that you want to bless them and they don't want to receive it. They're like haughty or, oh, don't worry about me. I'm cool. God got me. He got me too, but his laws still work a certain way. You know, they kind of feel because somebody wants to give them, they don't know how to receive. You understand what I'm saying? They, they'll go broke real quick like that, especially if they're Christians. God will break them from that real fast. Cause see, you'll realize that you're going you, you'll have one of these conversations. God, I do everything for everybody and now I need, need some. How can somebody go? Cause you don't know how to receive. Huh? It's true. I've sent you help several times. You got cool on them. So now they scared of you. They don't want to come and try and do anything for you now. Just an aside. Just so you keep your mind in the right place about things. So here this woman, she has a child. She's kind of reluctant to even believe he'd do it for her. She keeps telling him, don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Now she's already established by letting him live there. He's a man of God. But see, saying saying he's a man of God and really knowing it in your heart, two different things. She got to know it in her heart. She's going to find that out. Because she'll find out she can't play with God through his servants either. And so she, she, this little boy grows up a little bit. He's out in the field with his dad and he drops dead. He starts to faint. The father takes him home to the mom. 
and and he draw he he finally expires. She takes him up to the prophet's room where he stays and puts him on the bed. And then she goes and and runs and gets one of her servants to take her, find the man of God. And so it says, verse 25, she went and came to the man of God on Mount Carmel, and, and, came, and it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, a servant, Behold, there's a Shunammite. Run now, I pray you, meet her, and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God on the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. The Lord has hid it from me and not told me. Now, why did she tell Gehazi everything was good? I don't talk to nobody but the top man. Remember Naaman? I thought for sure he'd run out to me and do something big because of who I am. See, people quote this woman like she was full of faith. She, well, I won't say what. I'll go say that. Let me just calm down here. See, because there's something wrong with this lady. She received a promise from God she's been nurturing and caring for and it dies on her. Something took the life out of this child. Then she goes to the man of God, verse 28. Didn't I desire a son from you? Well, no, you said you were cool when I asked you about the first time. You said, I'm good. Did I not say don't deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, gird up your loins, take my staff in your hand, go your way. And if you meet any man, don't salute him. Don't do this. Don't do that. When you are on a, an assignment from God, you have to stay locked up into the place of ministry with God. Yeah, I tell people this all the time. Don't get distracted by I got to run to the store first and then I'll go. You understand what I'm saying? You you go straight and do what God tells you to do. Because that unction, that anointing are only going to last as long as God says they last. And they don't last forever. So if you know he's told you to do something, you go do that. Don't go pick up 15 girlfriends so they can see a miracle. And the mother of the child says, as the Lord lives and as your, as your soul lives, I won't leave you. And he arose and followed her. Gehazi passed on before them, laid the staff upon the child. There was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, the child is not awakened. When Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead, laid upon his bed. Now, the prophet and his servant are moving by two different unctions. The prophet's servant is moving through a delegated unction that if he's successful and if he does things perfectly, can work to get this kid awake. So there's no reason why Gehazi couldn't have gotten that kid healed when he went in there because he had instruction, he had unction, he had 
just because Gehazi it didn't work for him that time that doesn't disqualify him either you understand what I'm saying and so so sometimes things just don't work because we don't know but but we'll figure it out at some point God will open it up to you so the prophet then see in God's kingdom there's not an emergency you know this man of God is not trying to be the showstopper He's not trying to be, oh, well, I sent my underling. Of course, now let the real guy step up and get the job done. It's not about that. It's about obeying the command of God. God has something in mind for everybody in this situation, and it will get done. So there's no urgency, emergency, or we don't get there. He's dead. He graveyard dead. So how many dead does he going to have to be before you realize if God don't do it, it won't get done no matter who he uses. So they come into this situation. This kid is upstairs. The prophet takes his time getting up there because he probably can't move no faster. That's why you have assistance to help you. Don't get nobody older than you are. I can tell you that right now he laid upon the child put his mouth on his mouth his eyes on his eyes this is mouth to mouth resuscitation took us how many years after this to learn that it works to bring people back to life and he says the child's flesh got warm so if you're working for God that's either a sign of life or it's dead on arrival. And then you decide which what you just saw. See, you got to have the command of God working on the inside of you at every turn and don't quit on it. See, we quit on a lot of things where there's signs of life there has been showing. We just don't know how to recognize it. So if this kid got warm, he can get up. That's where you got to look at it. You gotta look at it as God's got a miracle in process here. And it's up to us to keep pulling into the voice of God, pulling into the command, pulling into the anointing to find out how to get the full of life back into this kid. You'll just go off of it. Well, I prayed for him, got warm. I don't know what happened after that. You understand what I'm saying? The command of God is working in the senior prophet, and he's he's understanding what comes next. So first you get a little life in him. He got enough in him to get him warm. If you touch somebody mouth to mouth, face to face, hand to hand, hand, and you lay on top of them, they're going to get some warmth if there's if there's life of God flowing out of you. So that's just the initial stage. wonder what the mother's doing all this time huh i bet i know what she's doing oh god if you get him up i promise you god i'm gonna give it i'm gonna just i'm gonna be, huh? she better be interceding huh she better be otj huh in verse 35, then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself on him. He opened his eyes. 
and and he called Gehazi and said call the woman he called her and when she was come to him he said pick your son up and she went in and fell at his feet oh yeah right now we done got humble see God was after her all along she was always the target he had to use different kind of bait to get get different kind of people but she got a a a gift from god took it and ran with it she let the man of god stay up there she stayed over here with her family and thought she was enjoying life till it ended huh but she was smart enough to go back to god there was a command of faith on the inside of her that told her to go find the man of god even though her attitude was rough she came up to him acute didn't i tell you don't lie to me see we got to straighten up these things inside and out you can't you can't believe somebody is for you and for god and then say they're uh, false and all this stuff in the same breath you can't believe two things at one time you got to straighten it up on the inside be one way all the time huh yeah you'll see people they'll they'll be in somebody's ministry 20 30 years and then all of a sudden they mad at everybody and leave well they they take your money and they lie and they do this well how is it you stand up there at the altar and i prayed for you hundreds of times and god's healed you now all of a sudden i'm your enemy Well, think about it. Amen. Happened to Judas. Happens to a lot of people. You got to clean yourself inside and out. Because I'm telling you that that betrayal seed is always there. Your desire to turn your back on somebody that's fed you, prayed for you, clothed you, prayed you out of jail, prayed your kids back in your possession. You understand what I'm saying? You'll turn your back on that. You don't betray that. That's coming from the from the hand of God. That's not just some human being. You know, people need to stop that stuff. Be Christians for real. I mean, seriously. If God hasn't proven enough to you through his servants, you'll never get proved. You know, some people keep everything for themselves. They, the minute somebody violates one of their little laws, they're ready to throw it all in and now listen it's not for me i'm telling you this i will survive okay all right (laughs) i wish little howard was here sometimes he'd be having his fingers on everything got his gospel under this finger and his r&b under that jazz under that thing right 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 (laughs) praise god but but this is what what got this lady in this mess she's outwardly respecting the man of god but inwardly she don't trust him she thinks he lied to her thinks he's a thief all that stuff you can't serve two masters you can't keep criticism and evil in your heart against anybody i don't care who it is but especially God's servants. He can go let you malign them and, and get him a hard way to go. Amen. 
So she got found out that day. So she finally bows down and worships. See, she this never would have happened if she'd have done that on their first meeting. If she'd have treated him with the respect that was due him the first time their encounter, she never would have had this experience with this child. Why? She'd have had a covenant with God to protect the child. It's not about sucking up to the man of God. This ain't about sucking up to nobody. This is about keeping wisdom so you can live. You understand what I'm saying? You got to keep a mind about you that that fosters life. Can't get involved over in them dead things. So, those are people that God brought the promise back again. He gave her his son. You know, like the prophet said, here, take him. (laughs) I'm done. I didn't have enough excitement for the day. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm the reason you got the boy. Now I got to get him back from the dead. But God, look how gracious God was to her. Amen? Gracious God. Don't take advantage. Don't try to take advantage of that. Amen? Just let God be God and you be obedient. You be humble, be thankful, and be obedient. Amen? So, the command of faith will come to us for the same thing several times. God never exhausts his do-overs for us. Now, there's some things that he don't want to wear you out. If he sees that you're not catching on, like you're not really seeing, oh, okay, God, I see what I did wrong that time. I got to be quicker to, to step up and obey you, that kind of stuff. If If you're not in that mindset of repentance and in getting yourself back together and saying, God, you know, okay, thank you that, that I can do this again. Now, what do I do? If you're going to be mad and I don't want that no more, you know, crabby and all that kind of stuff. Amen. You know, <laughs> there's one in every crowd. You know what I'm saying? That's all you could depend on them, though. It's, it's nice if you can have grateful people around you all the time, but you're going to get some who just aren't. Amen. Yeah, sometimes you'll be scratching this cupboard to find enough food for everybody in the family. You hear that one kid, Mama, I don't like this. And you all go say, boom, to the moon, Alice. Huh? <laughs> and so, you know, that's why God brings things back around again. Amen. Because there's that understanding that they don't understand the big picture. And sometimes we as his children don't understand the big picture. We're just looking at our little situation, looking at our little this and our little that. And, you know, is this enough for me? Oh, yeah, I'm good right here. This is is good for me right here. And you don't look at the big picture. God has overflow in mind for he says he I will bless you comma not I will bless you period and you take all the stuff for you I will bless you and you will be a blessing So he's he's fulfilling both sides of that sentence the before the comma and the after the comma See, some of the things that that God's put on your heart to do to be a blessing won't happen unless you're willing to take some risk. You understand what I'm saying? You 
you know, like I would say some things like, God, I sure would like to be able to do that, 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 that for the ministry. You understand what I'm saying? It just came out of my heart. That now, at the time, I saw no way possible for that to happen, but down the road it did. Why? Because my heart was always drawing me to fulfill that desire that he put in me. But there are some things that are in your heart to do that are so large, you're going to have to move out of the routine that you're in in order to fulfill that. And God will open the door for that to happen. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you won't build buildings for God if you're doing lift in your spare time. You're going to have to get your own lift company in order to do what God. You understand what I'm just saying? you got to look at the big picture. You're blessed to be a blessing. God, I'm a blessing at this level, but there's more that needs to be done. There's some things that I want to do for you. There's some things that can be done to to keep your kingdom strong, make it even stronger. So you're going to have to move out of the mindset of just my stuff i mean you got one heart but you got two things flowing through your mind you got me only in there and then you got that other thing you keep saying to god i wish i had so and so because i would do this and this for you or this and this for whatever or i just want to be a bigger blessing i'm satisfied at the level i'm at but i could certainly do more you know, you start getting ideas like that, you got to look that he's going to give you something to do to move you out of the comfort zone. He put those things in us for a reason. When he knows he can trust you, you become a danger to yourself, to the status quo, to the comfort zone. To your familiar surroundings because you liable explode at any time and take off and start really being obedient to god you understand what i'm saying jacob wrestled with with his own soul and this is this is why many times we don't just step into obedience in god immediately you know I thought that was, you know, I should have done that. You know, the missed opportunity mantra we do. And so if you find that that you've been missing it, you're going to have to wrestle with yourself in order to get out of that and get over into the place of just raw obedience. Because your soul is what's keeping you not stepping into and fulfilling what God gives you right off the bat. See, as your soul is converted to the word of God and is able to see, grab onto that word and obey it right away, you'll get out of missing. See, you grow out of it. So if you've been missing it and later on, oh, I wish I'd done that, you know, I just had, and then you faint and say, oh, I can't do it now. You're, you're so ashamed and embarrassed that you missed it. You don't even want to think about God giving, you know, you don't think mercy but see as your mind is renewed out of that mindset you think more merciful towards yourself and everybody else 
so you're not so quick to walk away from something because you rejected it once. See, we'll sit in shame sometimes about things we should be possessing. You, you're, you're upset because, you know, I'll give you an example. When the housing bubble burst, a lot of people lost their houses. The ones who knew it was a bubble and were determined to get it back got it back. The ones who thought it was their fault and got ashamed don't have nothing now. See, you, you can, you can meditate your way over into victory and over into right thinking toward God. You just gotta wrestle with your soul enough and say, now look, soul, you, what you telling me ain't lining up with the word of God. That wasn't my fault what happened. Even if it was my fault, I'm repenting right now and God, you show me how to do this right this time and, and build me up so that when I get a chance to step in there, I step in and conquer this time and not get slapped back and defeated. See, you gotta wrestle with yourself a little bit. These ideas don't just drop on you and you do it right the second time. They drop and you say, oh, this can't be God. He wouldn't give me to I'm gonna fail twice. God, I can't do this. Now you know I messed it up once before. That didn't stop you from eating ice cream every time you could. First time your mama gave you ice cream cone, what'd you do? You dunked it on your dress like a crazy person. Huh? Then you blamed her for giving it to you. Huh? <laughs> But you didn't stop trying to eat that ice cream cone. Mainly because it was too good to pass up. See, when you can meditate about what God has for you long enough for it to be too good for you to pass up, you'll be willing to risk a little bit of pride, a little bit of whatever. Quit walking around ashamed and embarrassed about everything. You got me? You are less responsible for everything than you know. See, it's about holding on to God, not worrying about stuff. It's like, God, are you with me? Like Moses said, listen, if you go with me, I'm going. But if you don't go with me, I'm staying right here. And Moses went, didn't he? Because he worked it out with God to know that God was with him. Genesis 32. Jacob was an unsavory kind of character in the natural, but God loved him. He said it in his word. Jacob, I have loved Esau. I've hated. Why did he hate Esau? Because he sold his birthright. He considered what God had laid up for him as worthless. There's a lot of people walking around like that. They're they're feeling, you know, you wouldn't know it to look at them because they're always trying to look real put together. But they're feeling lower than like this, like they can walk underneath the door with it closed, you know. And and. Because they haven't grabbed on to the identity that God has for them. Jacob wasn't like that. He looked at the identity he had as a second born child and said, hmm, 
I can do better. If I got this much, I can get more. See, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know that it's a God-inspired idea. And see, God had to inspire Jacob to do and, and covet the birthright so that he could get a tribe of people to obey him. God's looking at the future. He's not looking at, well, look at them, they brothers, and he should let his brother have his stuff. Wait, so we got to wait two more generations or three more generations to get our people going? So God looks at the first thing smoking many times. That's why people get blessed that we think shouldn't get blessed. Because they rough, they not nice. Make mistakes in front of everybody. No. But they keep trying. It's called normal. Try being normal instead of trying to be extraordinary all the time. Huh? It was funny. I listened to Bill Withers, the guy, late Bill Withers now, but he... I saw him, uh, they did a documentary on his life, and he talked about his life as a stutterer. He stuttered very badly before he started singing. Somehow he started singing, the stuttering left. You know, God just blessed him and delivered him. Sometimes your gift will set you free if you learn how to operate in it. Quit thinking it's so small and so worthless and start learning how to operate in it. Just a thought. But he said somebody had offered him after he had kind of stepped away from, uh, 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 you know, entertaining and live performances. Somebody offered him. He said, people come up to me all the time telling me, man, in this this climate we got out here for entertainers, you can blow up a, and, and and you know, be somebody and be this and be that. You can get it back again. You can do this. He said, you know what I tell people like that? He said. On your way to being extraordinary and being all that and blowing up, he said, you're going to play, pass a place called Just Okay. He said, and learn how to like Just Okay because you might have to be there for a while. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of wanting to be all this instantly overnight, learn how to be okay with where God has you. Learn how to be content, the Bible says, and with, with what the things that you have. Because if we don't learn that, this is what cost Jacob 14 years with Laban. He had to learn how to, when he got to that place that was just okay, he had to learn to stay there until God set him free from that. See, it wasn't that Laban was, it, Laban was just like Jacob was. He got a dose of his own medicine. But he was there for a purpose because he was now in a covenant with God that was unshakable. But in order for Jacob to make it to the to the next place in Genesis 32 and verse. Am I in 32? 32, 12, I think. This is where Jacob pleads with God for uh, the life of his brother. Let me see. I wanted that other one now. 32, 24. 
yeah, 3224. He starts out pleading with God to to deliver him from the hand of Esau because they hadn't met in many, many years. And he heard Esau now is looking for him. He don't know why, but he suspects there's going to be trouble. And so he begins to pray and, and ask God um, uh, for safety and protection, etc., etc. And it says here in verse 22, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and two women servants, eleven sons, and passed over the fort Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over all that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he didn't prevail against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day. It's daybreak. He said, but I won't let you go unless you bless me. Now, Jacob was was tired of being a, a man who just lived by his wits. He now wanted a covenant with God that said he was a blessed man because he knew if he didn't get that, that was the last thing that his brother possessed that he did not yet have from his father. See, the birthright is nothing without the blessing. You can be in line to inherit all kinds of things, but if your mind is crazy and you don't know how to manage property and stuff like that, it'll never, that's the blessing. The blessing is God's favor on your mind, on your soul, on your heart, on your plans, on everything that you do. And Jacob had struggled and labored under making his own way, and he was tired of it. And so when we get tired of laboring under our own way, we get sick of wrestling with, I want it, I don't want it, I don't want it. You say, you know what, God, you know what I need. You know what's best for me. I trust you. But see, while we're in that mode of we can do it ourselves and don't not really trusting God, we always got ideas for something. And then years down the line, we get so tired of it, we say, oh, God, whatever it is, you know it. You know what I need. You know what I don't, I'm not. Take the list off the, the phone. Take picture off the, the refrigerator. Take the little slogans down and oh, I'm supposed to remember to say this and say that. Let me just get rid of all the stuff and let me just judge you faithful and I trust you and you can go ahead and do what you want to do with my life. But see, until we're really willing to do that, willing to trust God, we'll have a bunch of do-overs. You'll be wrestling with your own soul about, well, can I, is God going to let me do it again? Is, am, am I washed up with my little promise that I've been, I didn't want much, I just wanted, yeah. Well, that's wrestling. Jacob wrestled all night, but he refused to quit without coming away with the blessing. And see, that's what we got to do with our own souls. Unbelief, doubt, fear. It's taking too long. I'll never get it. How come I'll have it by now? If you really want me to be blessed, God, give it to me. I ain't going to hold hold my breath until I get it. You know, suffocate yourself, which we all know is not possible. Everybody's tried it, still living. It's true. (laughs) Your body's smarter than you are. But see, if we don't learn how 
to obey the command of faith and let faith reign in our hearts and do the things that faith commands us to do. They may be things that get you in trouble with other people. There are going to be some standout situations in your life. You know, there's some people you know you can't speak the word around them. Because your faith passes judgment. Every time you open your mouth, it's like kicking them in the gut. Huh? So you can't talk to them people. To say nothing if you really start obeying God. Huh? Sometimes God prolongs and and delays things in our lives to get some of the the wildness out of us. You know, the run and do it yourself kind of stuff. You know, take your blessing and run and go mess it up attitude. Sometimes he's waiting on maturity out of us. So when the blessing comes, it'll glorify him and not make him and you look bad. You know what I'm saying? You know, we go around bragging, God's going to do this, God's going to do that, and it never happens. we so ashamed, we open our mouth in front of all them people. Well, that's what you get for being a, a papa, you know? Just somebody just want to run tell everything before you get it. Go get it first, you know? I mean, the, the, make the money first. <laughs> And then you can, <laughs> then you're talking about something real, huh? But until then, all you're doing is trading fantasies. And so when God gets, gets that wrestling done inside of us and we make up our minds, we only want His Word and only want what He wants for us in the season, then the command of faith will come back again fresh and new. He'll let you step into it. But this time, you'll do it with a lot more care and a lot more caution. See, it's amazing. A door will open. We'll pray a door to open in the spirit. And then when it opens, we jump in in the flesh. You go back and grab your old man and go running off and ripping stuff up. And <laughs> Where if you stayed in the spirit, you stay in the door longer. Then you'll get to the next step and the next step. And every step that you get to will be more prosperous and it'll be easier. Why is that? Because you begin to understand how to obey that voice. That's all we need to do is is have full confidence in God. Know how to obey his voice when it comes. Sometimes his voice doesn't come soon enough for us and we get all worried about it. Stop being worried about God's business. It's his business to open a door for you. Amen? So let him let God be God. Where y'all at over there? Ooh, wait whole minutes. Syrophoenician woman. In Mark chapter 7, we'll turn there. I'm getting done the whole thing for a change. Oh, don't get excited, Barb. I'm, don't get excited. He'll be able to goof it up again. No, I won't. We good. Uh, Mark chapter 7 and verse 24. And from then he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him.
came and fell at his feet. She was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by by nation, and besought him that he would cast the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said, let the children first be filled. It's not good to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said to him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs eat under the table, under the table, eat of the children's crumbs. He said, for this thing, go your way, way, the devil has gone out of your daughter. Now, this woman started out with enough faith just to get a no answer. Now, I know your faith works perfectly all the time. Every time you step out, do something. You get exactly what you're expecting. Uh, So she's wrestling with Jesus, so to speak, but she's really wrestling with herself. Anytime you wrestle with the word, you're wrestling with yourself. See, a lot of times we think, well, God, I'll just start, I'm going to pray and start confessing the word, and, and in three days, all my symptoms will be gone. And here you are, 10 years later, still got symptoms. Well, I'll talk to the people at the YMCA. Huh? See, we specken it to happen right away. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because it does happen that way. But there are some times where there has to be some wrestling in your soul in order to get your soul free from the spirit of infirmity because it'll grab you 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 get free one day and it tell you nah you can't do that who you think you are trying to do that well yeah jesus walked on water but who are you you understand what i'm saying so that ain't coming out of nowhere it's coming from you so we have souls that have been programmed by the world to expect very little, but your spirit wants to leap out and get 100% of what God has for you, and then it, but your soul's dominating. See, we don't realize how puny our spirits are in certain areas until we go after the goodies in that area. So praise God, he's giving you an opportunity to develop your faith in that area. I know, don't nobody get real excited about it. It ain't an exciting topic. But you are. You need to look at it that way. God's given me an opportunity to go to school of faith in my life so that I know it works. When it comes to pass, nobody will be able to talk me out of it because I will have worked the word myself, gotten the word working in me. So that word is very powerful in me. Sometimes it's just good to say, God, you know, show me something. If I'm on the right road, let me know. I mean, if that's a sincere request, don't don't try to act like you don't want to know these things. Be honest before God. Let him help you understand what it is that you're trying to. But, you know, we get around the saints. Oh, I believe I received it. When I, oh, yes, I'm healed. Ah, no, I'm, oh, you can't take that away from me. I'm just going to praise him. Any, ha, 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 ha. We'll cut the rigmarole out. And let's get real with God. Either want it or you don't. Do you want it? Let him know.
You either believe he's going to do it for you or you don't. If you believe it, let him know. If you don't believe it, say, help me, Lord. You understand what I'm saying? Because I believe the deal is still on the table, and I'm not going to walk away from this game without receiving everything I put my marbles up for. Huh? I got some faith marbles in the game. And I want them to produce. I want to go with away with the whole pot. I don't want to leave nothing out there for the devil to ridicule me for or for people to say your God couldn't do it. Amen. So we want to walk into these things. They're not all material either. There are some very precious things that we desire from God. But these are the things that we get when we obey the command of faith. And just keep believing that the door is still open until we know that we know that we know that it's not. And I don't think we ever get to the point we know that. Because there's always an opportunity for us to use our faith. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Father, we thank you that you have given us a covenant, a blessing, and we are not cursed. That word doesn't even come up in reference to your people, your covenant people. So, Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Thank you, Lord. Bless our bread and our water. Take sickness away from the midst of us. Armor bearer, come forth in the name of Jesus. You know, I've been stabbed with three bullets already before the old armor bearer comes up to protect me. Hang on, armor bearer. Don't leave Louis behind, even though he a fake Louis. But, Lord, we thank you for blessing us and keeping us and helping us. And we thank you, Lord, for keeping us whole and keeping us uh, sound in every area and every way, especially in our health. So let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Lord, we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. Amen. It is so decreed. Amen and amen again. Amen. Praise God.